Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Hanging out. Uh, getting snowed on, actually, right now. In Richmond, there's still snow falling. Nice. It's mostly just wind here, which seems like uh, we're going to get even more of, I guess, with this um, bomb snowstorm. What are they calling it? Snow bomb? Yeah, um, snow bomb or bomb something. Isn't it short for, like, bomb... Bombardment? Oh, it's bomb cyclone. How awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, but that does seem like maybe they're fear-mongering a bit. <laughs> it's like trying to unleash... Oh, there's another ad for the Annie Leibovitz <laughs> masterclass. So, oh, you, um, so you watched it. You bought it, you watched it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I didn't even watch the whole thing because it was so... I just started, like, scrubbing really quickly back and forth to see if it got any better or worse. And, uh, yeah, but the the thing that I hate, really... Okay, for, so first of all, it's not a great master class. She is a master teaching a class, but the actual content isn't, isn't like, what the words master class puts in your mind. Okay. It's just, like, surface-level uh, mindset reasoning why about things and what she what she's going for in terms of like getting in touch with the human spirit and someone's true personality blah 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 good good to hear that but uh you know people are looking for uh sort of recipes and i think in in things that she does in her techniques yeah, and her some approach tangible. And you're not going to find that yeah yeah so, some practical uh, but the aspects. thing that I hate is that, you know, everywhere I go on the internet now, I see this ad, um, mm. and, you know, her, her portrait is, is so nice in the ad for it. It's like, wow, how do you get that golden you know, uh, warm, beautiful light? And, um, you know, it's whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I posted, uh, you know, a, a pretty critical um, Insta story about how, I'm tired of seeing the ad everywhere. It's not even a good masterclass. And uh, I think it's it, it's got the most comments of anything I've ever put on Insta stories. <laughs> Back of me, I kind of kept track of replying to people or not. and Or I, I lost track of being able to reply to people. And um, it's just kind of hilarious how uh, most people agreed. And then some people were very, very angry with my opinion. <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry. How it works these days. I got I got the Werner Herzog class, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that that tends, tends to happen. I, I do that a lot with audio mixing courses. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy one and then like, yeah, I'm totally going to watch this. <laughs> I kind of forget that I bought it. Or, <laughs> what's What's really interesting though is the few that I've sat down and watched. Um, a lot of it, like like they have uh, in the audio world, um, you know, there's stuff like compression and, and EQ and all these various different tools you can use when mixing and they have courses set up for each specific tool. So I bought one about compression. So I was like, mm-hmm. I just want a good refresh on compression. And yeah, uh, always good to get a refresher on that. It's so complex. Yeah. Yeah. It can be for sure. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the compressor you're using um, yeah. and, and, and what you're looking to get out of it. But you know, I would sit down and 80% of the stuff it's like, I already knew it or, you know, I, I knew it and it was just crystallized and or articulated in a really good way um i was like okay well i didn't get much out of it but then but then there'd be like 10 or maybe maybe 15 20 percent of it where it's like a small subtle thing but like really made me understand it like for yeah. real and mm. um and and i love that and and i was hoping to get something like that out of any Leibovitz class like yeah you know it's mostly going to be basic whatever stuff but like i would really get something out of a small portion of it and that just didn't happen um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, you know, you could, 
well, whatever. We don't have to talk about that too much. Uh, the other thing that's up uh, recently is a uh, seller, Stellar Lumens. That's right. Somebody that's just right. It's climbing the charts. Just messaged me about it. Actually, it's down today, and everybody's freaking out because I'm sure it they rose are. like a hundred percent across two or three days, or a hundred something percent. I was and, more and than that. It was like two hundred percent, or yeah, almost. And now it's correcting like ten or fifteen percent. And people are like losing it. It's like, come <laughs> on. I'm actually, I'm really glad to have sat through um, two or three significant downturns, not just in, in Stellar Lumens, but uh, the crypto market as a whole yeah. um, mm-hmm. over the past year or more like eight months. And, uh, you know, there've been some really significant downturns and uh, it's it's nice to see that uh, happen again, honestly, because you, you, it, it indicates health to see like a correction. So if anybody, yeah, yeah. since, since our last crypto episode, if anybody has bought in and you're like freaking out, yeah, don't worry. Like that is going to happen. And it's just going to go up and down. I mean, if you change your position when things go down, uh, you're likely to really lose money. If you add money, if you have more money to, to buy in more, that is, this is the time to do it. I think, uh, yeah. it's a general recommendation Buy when, when there's blood on the streets, that's the, that's the old saying. Yeah. I, I was watching a thing on, you know, buying cryptocurrency, uh, the other day and it was one of the, one of the tips was don't, have any buy and sell without regrets, which means that, uh, no regrets. In, in his no regrets. Um, but with him, <laughs> he was saying, he was saying that, um, what that meant for him was that he, you buy and you don't look back. You don't, you just, if, if something is right for you, you buy it. If it's something is wrong for you, you don't. And if, if things take a positive or negative turn, you don't, if, if things take a negative turn, you don't regret buying it. If things take a positive turn, you don't regret not buying it earlier. Um, and yeah. if you, if you, because if you live like that, you're just going to stress yourself out. The most important thing is to do your research, buy, you know, when you want and try not to think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I printed out, uh, something I saw a random person on Reddit say, uh, couple of days ago and he's like i had a dream that i didn't sell a hundred thousand stellar lumens at yeah. six cents and thirty four thousand ripple at 27 cents and a hundred ether at twelve dollars so and and in case you don't know what any of these things are stellar lumens are just a cryptocurrency um this person apparently sold a hundred thousand of them at six cents so they probably bought around three or four cents something two or like three that. yeah and and as of today right now they're trading at 76 cents so that sucks. <laughs> uh, Ripple yeah. is another one uh, that this person owned 34,000 of uh, around 25 to 27 cents. Uh, they sold it at 27 cents. Uh, today it's trading at close to $4. Uh, and right. Ripple alone has had a run up from like 25 cents to where it is now at almost $4 in less than a month. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that, that person would have had 34,000 times four. 136 grand. <laughs> they just yeah. held on. And you have to remember, like, this same with Bitcoin too. Like, there had to be a time where right. it looked so bleak that it looked so boring or stagnant that people were like, yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, going to sell. Just going to get out. Yeah. yeah. Um, at six cents for Stellar Lumens or 25 cents for Ripple. Like, that, you have to just keep that in mind. So I love having this piece of paper right. just on my desk but to the- rip to remind myself. <laughs> The thing is, though, with that, though, this is also a person who has regrets 
he needs to realize that he doubles his money. And um, I don't know. I just think that that's, that's great that he doubled his money. And I know that it sucks, you know, thinking about it now. But if he if he's really upset about it, he should just buy now then. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's that's where you get into the whole, like, the fundamentals of the actual currency you're buying and how good. There's so many weird, right. uh, like, hype trains that people get on behind coins that literally aren't even, uh, that the tech that they're supposed to be touting isn't even launched yet. Or the partnerships or, or rumors, or they're not as strong as... Uh, the 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 mark the people marketing it led people to believe there was a coin called Einsteinium or something like that that was pumped like three hundred percent in in a couple days because of this Apple partnership rumor oh, ended wow. up being that the the people behind the the coin just uh, were lying essentially and the actual announcement was just a, a rebranding of or like a fork of uh, meaning like a, a an improved copy of their current coin and um yeah it tanked like instantly because of this like false hype and anyway uh so yeah take a lot of time yeah very volatile and uh you want to take a lot of time to research the actual fundamentals of the the company i really like seller lumens we don't have to talk about this all over again but just because they have really great partnership i mean they're they're they're, they're really tightly partnered with ibm confirmed by people at IBM that have had a couple of ask me anything's on Reddit and are really involved in like the community and, and, and like, yeah, like legit stuff happening. Um, and, uh, anyway, it's an exciting time. I, I really want to know if because of the, the nature of cryptocurrency being basically completely unregulated, mm-hmm. if, if this is the kind of action price action and excitement and ease of, um, growth or ease of crashing that, uh, you know, professional traders experience with like tech companies and, and their IPOs, you know, right. uh, on, on the, on the actual markets, like before, um, companies actually IPO to the public, like people that have enough money or the right connections, or if you're, or if you're the bank that helped fund that tech company before they went public, like they sure. get in, they get access early to, to buying shares at, at really, really good prices. And, yeah. uh, and I just wonder if, um, you know, obviously this isn't the exact, it's not the best analogy, but I just, uh, love the fact that this is completely unregulated. It's a bit terrifying in that way. Cause you know, it just takes one big scandal to bring the whole market down. But, um, you know, or, or one, one sure. exchange yeah, one that little is, false buying, n- yeah, there's, there's, yeah you know hundreds of exchanges there's only about 10 really good ones and an exchange is just where you actually do the buying and selling of a specific currency and uh anyway those exchanges if they're not run well or they're hacked or um uh you know some some compromising event occurs it's uh bad i mean the the greatest one was called mount gox uh that was the first Uh, bitcoin exchange and they got hacked and tons of bitcoin was stolen and uh bitcoin just lost that basically zeroed out (laughs) from where it was at the time you know three or four years ago or something yeah i remember that it's um it is a very volatile market um but it's i don't know it's just kind of interesting to see just i don't know total noobs like you and me trying to get into it and seeing seeing what's going on online it's just very interesting um i don't know 
Now, I'm not a total noob. I actually owned 10 Bitcoin this time last year oh, that's right. <laughs> that I sold off because I needed the like $8,000 or whatever it was worth. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm up. I'm not, I haven't lost money. It's, it's gone up and it's like, I need, you know, I, I need to pay off a renovation we just did. So I'm going to, I'm going to cash out my Bitcoin. Whoops. Uh, no regrets, no, Sam. No regrets. No regrets. No, it's fine. It's um, fine. So on to um, potentially different topics. topics. Yeah. What would um, you, uh, you think Star Wars? <laughs> I loved Star Wars. I saw it uh, four times. I, uh, I loved every minute of it. There were some, some things that... Every minute of it? I would say just about. Um, there's a few, yeah, a few things that rubbed we me a little bit the wrong way. We should probably go ahead and say spoilers. Uh, yeah, are, are spoilers are going to abound at this point. Um, tune in next week for no spoilers. I don't know, but yeah. So I loved every every minute of it. the The story was it was a <laughs> is a very diff, is a very different very different Star Wars type of story where the heroes don't really become heroes doing the normal hero type stuff. Um, Poe Dameron is trying to be like this badass X-Wing pilot and uh, sort of accomplishes his mission in the first half of the, or first bit of the movie, but loses tons of lives in the process. Uh, Finn tries to sacrifice himself at one point being the hero. And instead he is shown that that's not, the right thing to do at that moment. Um, I don't know. Leia's ship gets blown up. Like there's just so many, so many things that happen that are just bad. Everything that you think is, is going well ends up like they, they just kept keep getting pounded um, until the very end when they sort of make their escape. Um, what are you laughing at, Sam? You're Keep laughing texting the you. entire time. Easy, easy with the ums, and then every time I text you, you um. <laughs> um yeah. Well, it's okay. Um, uh, I'll edit those out. Yeah, so I, okay, I've seen it exactly twice, and I saw it, okay, the second time that I saw it, I, I did legitimately enjoy it because I was able to reframe my expectations to be quite different than they were for Force Awakens in that right. the humor and the, I was listening to another podcast that I think we've mentioned before called Hello Internet, uh, two guys I really yep. love that do, you know, very big time professional podcasters. They have huge audience, highly recommend them if you've never heard their stuff, they're great. Uh, they did a, a review of the movie and, and they, they mentioned this this concept of leakage where like the stuff we know in our Real life, our universe as people living in on Earth, kind of leaks into the Star Wars universe in weird ways, like certain sure. modernized phrases, like laser swords or um, humor. Most of it is is in humor, like like the opening scene where they do the prank. Um, I'm I'm on holds. Uh, sorry, I can't prank hear you. Call. Yeah, and uh, that seems like a very weird. This is like in our own time sense of humor, and I sure. hate that. It's like, like when are we going to start seeing Coca Colas being drunk by, by people in their X wings? That kind of leakage, okay? Um, you know what I mean? Uh, that that would be in, incredibly extreme, but stuff like that, like it doesn't feel like its own thing sure. in a galaxy long, long ago, um, a long time or far, far away, a long time ago. But 
Anyway, so once I got over that, because the first time I saw it, I hated. I really, really didn't like it. I was yes, you I made liked, it. I thought very it was worse clear than on all Facebook. the prequels. Like I was, I would have been better off watching that movie on mute and just taking in the visuals, honestly, because it was sure. incredibly beautiful, and I loved that even during the first viewing. But uh, once I was able to kind of realign my expectations to not have like, okay, this is going to be Star Wars that enriches my my youth in a way that force awakens did like it made the i thought force awakens made the original three films better and a lot of people will say that about rogue one uh, which i can kind of see which i I disagree with completely but i I liked i love the concept of rogue one and like the story the plot they're trying to plug but the actual film no i don't love it um yeah but so yeah, having that realignment and going in to see it again, I was I was much happier. I wasn't totally taken out of the movie over and over and over. And it, it was kind of a bummer. Like, they're trying to take this sort of marvel tone to everything where they can't just let, like, a bad situation sit. It always has to be bookended with, a, they, uh, with some comic relief that, mm. again, takes me out of it a bit. Uh, people just die an entire hangar of x-wing pilots and and rebellion pilots and staff are, will blow up and they'll they'll make a little joke about uh, bb-8's head and how it reattaches after it's been separated it's, i you know i see what you mean with that however i don't know if i really agree because i i do realize that that is a bit of humor in that in that situation but when you see the burning wreckage, that little BB-8 scene just kind of seems like a little Star Wars, yeah. you know, just thrown in there. Sort of. There's so much, it, like, slapsticks. That, like, when Finn wakes up and he's in this suit of liquid, and he immediately certainly. falls off. And it, like, falls over. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. Yeah, the back then. And then he walks around all dazed, and he's just leaking water. Like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, that's funny. It's just like I mean, it's come on. kind of funny. Do you really, um, do I even need to go to the the green milk, blue milk drinking scene with Luke on his or the that? Sh- to me, the I sh- loved that shot. I loved that scene, <laughs> and wow. the reason that I loved that scene was because it was handled. It wasn't really handled in that funny of a way. It was just a weird alien that he was milking. It was bizarre. Like he could so have is, been doing. So is Moss Eisley. Speaking of which, another thing that people didn't like, which I don't understand, is the casino scene. Um, I I hated it. I thought it was stupid to the story. It didn't do anything. And the thing that they were excited about doing, freeing the uh, the horse things, whatever they were actually called, mm-hmm. like didn't make any sense because there were still slave children left behind that apparently they didn't care to free. <laughs> that's what? true um that that's true however the slave children can fend for themselves <laughs> i don't know I but don't know. well i i i think though the main thing that people are upset about the casino scene is just the casino scene itself and they're the the whole casino yeah and it was I, so prequely it wasn't even funny it was it was so much cg and so much weird it, mm. it, <sighs> i saw a lot of practical effects characters in there though yeah, but like the opera scene, well, I, I, even if, well, they didn't look that great either way. Like the, the actual character design felt very prequely to me. Uh, maybe that's because everyone there was rich and like the whole prequel was like right. about the, like the royal, royal 
uh, whatever. Uh, I, I guess the names. I guess the name. reason that I liked that scene, that whole that whole storyline, actually, where they go to the casino, they try to find one guy, they they find him, but then they get captured. Um, they get thrown in jail. They find a different code breaker that helps them break out, and then they go to the ship, and then he gets. Uh, they fail, and he gets captured, and he sells them out. To me, that whole storyline right there is sort of an aspect of Star Wars that I've wanted to see for a while that I don't think that I've seen for a very long time, not since, you know, Lando, like, double-crosses Han. We haven't really seen... uh, Yeah, but, like, you weren't even that invested into him as a character. It's not like he was a... A close friend or somebody who you had like sure but i think well i think that actually adds to it a little bit because there's this sort of scoundrel that they have to they have no other choice but to trust and he ends up not being trustworthy i think that that's really awesome star wars sort of back lore yeah i did like the concept of the arms dealers and the people that get sure me too but it also made the first order seem strangely small like weren't Mm -hmm. they supposed to be in control of the entire galaxy at this point or close to it like Um, how how are they i'm not sure yeah i I know that they're going out and systematically rooting out the resistance which i also was sort of taken aback right at the beginning you're sort of told that this is it in terms of the resistance it's one cruiser and their and her support ships and um, I, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then by the end, it the entire resistance literally fits on the Millennium Falcon, um, which I, I thought was crazy. So th- there's, and there's so, but there's so many things that they decided to do to make, so like level up the abilities of, um, so, okay, so for example, like, okay, first of all, why don't they just have a crap ton of the BBA droids if apparently they're able to take out like three or four professional prison guards and and bind them and tape <laughs> them down? Like BBA apparently uh, would have been BB-8's very useful throughout the past uh, two movies. And uh, and and why not just shoot one of their one of their thousands of ships uh, as the first order through the entire planet base uh, that and you know at light speed like to destroy the planet or to to destroy the entire base like why don't they just like this whole being able to shoot uh, whatever the the main uh, what was the ship called for the rebels oh the dreadnought oh no no well yeah but cruiser. The, the whatever their main cruiser was where the purple haired uh woman yeah the mon calamari launched cruiser. at light speed through the dreadnought or you know whatever ship was the main ship from the first order Super and destroyed all, like that move should be used left and right by the first <laughs> well order of course point. yeah i i saw that and that i think is one of <laughs> that's one of the the sort of question marks that you just have to not <laughs> really mess with because of course if that is the case, then you know you should be able. You sh- people should be. They should have just um, from yeah. Sullust. They could have just light speeded straight through the Death Star and blew it up. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I hate when they do that because it breaks. I think that the, was cool, uh, the rules. I mean, it was visually amazing. Although I did see, I didn't even think about this. Um, it didn't hit me this way, but I did see somebody have. To, uh, they had a sign. Uh, 
little iPhone photo of a sign outside of the door of their theater um, that said, there will be a point in this movie where the audio cuts out. That is not a Oh. A problem with our audio system that is oh, what's w- supposed to happen oh my god i because wonder if people such a like dramatic silence out. yeah 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 i didn't even think about it i thought it was incredible the way me too just completely went silent i just yeah when you s- when you see that scene your brain just sort of is blown back you're yeah. like oh my god um but i don't know i kind of like that scene I can forgive that scene because it's the only cruiser that they have. This is the last ditch effort. This is the only thing that they can do. Um, and that's, and so she just punches light speed and it doesn't, it only cripples them. Right. And yeah, in the end, it doesn't do much. Such a missed opportunity. This random character that we, we care nothing about. Mm hmm. Uh, sorry, I don't remember her actual the actor's name. I know she's famous, uh, but, Laura uh, Dern. She Laura, plays Admiral okay. Holdo. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, like we get into this, this person who's supposed to be very, very close with Leia, and they have like this. Clearly, they're trying to make it like they have this history. Um, right. Obviously, it was probably too late to do anything to to make this happen. But that should have been Leia <laughs> to to go and and uh, and sacrifice herself. That could have been cool. That would have been. Um, awesome. I mean, awesome in a way that like it would have sewn up her role in the series, being that Carrie Fisher's actually passed away. Right. I, I'm I'm terrified to see. I'm really glad it's back in the hands of J.J. Abrams for the last film or the the next one because mm-hmm. I think. I think he will have a way of handling her death, her disappearance somehow. Who knows? I mean, but I think it's been speculated between me and a few other friends that the next movie may start with uh, start at Leia's funeral, um, which could be an interesting way to start. Because um, yeah. it will definitely be, there will be a gap in time from The Empire, or from <laughs> from Last Jedi to... Um, the ninth episode, there will be some kind of significant gap in time. It won't be like Rogue One to A New Hope or anything like that. At Do least you, that's uh, what I'm thinking. Okay, that that I could see. Yeah, that would make sense. It just now, makes sense, especially given that Carrie Fisher's no longer with us. Do you think Luke's character is actually dead? The character of Luke, I think he's yeah. Luke died for sure, um, and the way that he died, I know that you disagree with, but I thought was pretty much perfection at least given the way that they set him up i personally would have loved when i saw that x-wing in the water yeah um, right near there i was i was so excited i thought oh man maybe he's gonna grab that x-wing exactly and he's gonna fly there himself and actually stand there in in real life for the character and uh and take down Kylo somehow or or confront him and and right. somehow somehow avoid all these laser blasts and and whatnot but right you know, and in, he, mm, mm-hmm. sorry he, he could have even uh he could have actually flown there himself sure. and then what is it called astra projecting i get force projecting force projecting maybe. he could have force projected himself down there uh while watching from like a a, a, a mountain peak or something on that same planet uh to to and had that whole series play out. And then the big reveal is that there's two of him somehow, like the real life one and then his fake one or, or something stupid. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. He should have been there himself. He, he is, is, that would have been a much more badass way of going out. 
I think, to have actually been there. Uh, it was cool to see that he had that much power with the force that he was able to project himself across a galaxy. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, I don't know. When he died, I didn't even like feel anything. Like I remember when Han died. Sorry if you hadn't seen that already. Mm-hmm. But if you're listening, um, when Han died, I just remember being like frozen in my seat. Like yeah. eyes wide, cannot even blink. What the freaking heck just happened? Luke dies and I'm just like, wait, so what happened? <laughs> it's just like the the ending of some it de- bad it commercial took- for, for some sort of like Bible videotapes because that's what <laughs> it looked like. Uh, floating, this cape floating in the sunset. Ugh, I, just, I hated this it- shot. It's it definitely took me by extremely by surprise when he just disappeared. Um but okay, all that said, I I hear everything you're saying and I think those are all very good points that I basically you know, I agree with on on principle. Um however, I think that it was awesome the way that they handled it because they set Luke up so they set Luke up differently than how most people wanted him to be set up. He was no longer this legend hero guy. He is a Jedi Master, uh, or I guess former Jedi Master, hermit, mm. living mm-hmm. on his own. He doesn't want anything to do with the Jedi Order. He doesn't even really want anything to do with the Force because of what happened to Kylo Ren specifically. Ben Solo, and the and as a result, what happened to well, his it, yeah. his school, and so and so when that when that all fell apart, he lost his confidence essentially, and he beca- and he ran and he became a hermit, and unfortunately, that's just the way that it turned out. You know, it's it's not like every hero stays a hero and it's and it fits with the theme of this movie that the heroes that we sort of thought were doing the right thing heroically all that stuff goes out the window with this movie not even luke our hero from return of the jedi is yeah. a hero anymore and so he has to and so what they they have to do in this movie this is all about trying to salvage something in a different way trying to salvage a situation in ways other than straight up heroism and with luke ray sort of over the course of i guess a few weeks or however long she's there trying to um tries to convince him to train her to be a jedi and train and to come back and and help save the resistance and he basically straight up refuses but in yeah. so doing he kind of comes to his own new realizations about what the force is and sort of becomes i think the true master of the force that he was always meant to be by this crazy last act this final act of force projecting himself all the way across the galaxy which, in my opinion, demonstrates true mastery of the Force that I don't think will be... I don't think we're going to see Force projection in any other Star Wars movies, at least. Yeah. I hope not. Well, um, yeah. And, and so 
what it does is it kind of circumvents the idea. So he stays, he's staying, saying, I'm going to stay a hermit, but I'm still going to become the hero in a different way. And I liked that he wasn't there, that he refused to leave and he stayed on the island because of the whole Marvel thing where every single, it just seems like every single superhero can just block lasers and bullets and everything just by standing in front of them. When I saw it, I kind of thought, oh man, this is just another bullcrap like Marvel superhero move where he just like blocks all the crazy humongous turbo lasers that are firing at him. No, instead he's tricking him. And I love that. I love that it's a trick. And yeah. And so that's kind of, that's kind of why. And because of how much power it took to force project himself, he physically dies from it. Now I do think in the next movie, we're going to see Luke. I really hope so. I think he's going to be a force ghost in the next movie. Yeah. And he's going to talk to Ray and stuff. Possible. It's possible. I hope so. But, but what happened to Luke was essentially what, what Yoda did as well. And it just seems... Right. And really, Ben Kenobi, uh, basically. Uh, yeah. It just seems really unfortunate that he never really came around to reconnecting with the Force in a way. I don't know. I just... I didn't I didn't like that at he all. Lost, he lost total faith in Jedi Order. And it also... But it also kind of brought it around to the idea that the Jedi Order, the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi, right? That was one of his lines. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, that yeah, that was... Yeah. And it also it also kind of brought Rey's sort of destiny around in like a really genius way where Rey is... Re- it's revealed, of course, that Rey parents are just nobodies they're they were parents that left her on jakku basically to die and then they died i think they they're in a ditch somewhere in jakku and so they don't matter ray's parents don't matter her lineage does not matter which i think is awesome because it sets up ray as her own person her own character yep i agree and when she goes to luke She's not just trying to get him to join the resistance. She also wants to know what her place is in every in all of this, right? And she wants to know who her parents are. And when she goes down into that dark dungeon or the dark side place in the middle of the island, mm-hmm. she's she she wants to know what's what's really going on in Ray's mind is that she wants to know who her parents are. And she gets nothing. And Luke kind of reinforces that by saying, I, I, I think that the whole idea of the Force not belonging to the Jedi, I think that relates a little bit to what Ray's going through, where she's trying, we're, we're also trying to figure out why aren't the Jedi, like, we need the Jedi back. We need the Jedi Order back, and we need everything back the way it was. And Luke's saying that's not the way that it works anymore. The Jedi were failures basically yeah and uh, can i just say we're getting dangerously close to the concepts laid out in the prequels with metachlorians and and anybody okay. with a high enough concentration of them being able to control the force with with no training just 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 want to jump in there and mention that right but she uh, does receive training 
Um, yeah, but what about this kid in the very last scene who's just like, here, come here, broomstick, boom. Uh, right. He's got no training. Like, Certainly. <sighs> that That last scene is odd to me. I didn't love it. I, yeah, it was like it was essentially a bad commercial for for them to sell the the rebel ring, which is maybe. pretty awesome, and I want one. But I know, me too. It just like it could have been a thirty second commercial spot for for that ring on television. That's exactly what that last scene felt like to me. Yeah, and and it, and I have no idea what it offered. What are they telling us now that these kids are going to be in the next movie? Wouldn't shock me at this point, except I have more faith in J.J. Abrams than. Uh, than that than to do that hopefully well i mean i guess all it's really saying is that the resistance is going to live on uh but i still yeah. Yeah. yeah i still don't i just found that scene to be extraneous and unnecessary uh because yeah. the, the you know the millennium falcon flies off with the resistance in it bam end of movie um now they're now they're on the run and and we're gonna have to wait to see what happens in episode nine, yeah. but instead we get this kind of ancillary. Oh, yeah. We got to go see these slave kids that they apparently didn't care enough about to not leave there. <laughs> now, something that I have heard, and this is a rumor, um, but there is apparently going to be like thirty minutes of deleted scenes that were all finished, completely finished, that didn't make it in the movie. So I'm very interested to hear to see what some of those were. Apparently, there's more of um, Benicio del Toro's smuggler character. That's cool. Um, so, well, we'll maybe have to see about all that. But as it stands, I think there's a couple of takeaways for me. Number one, this movie makes The Force Awakens better. If you haven't gone back and seen The Force Awakens. Since watching The Last Jedi, definitely do it because you have a whole different perspective on Rey because you're not like obsessed with trying to figure out if she's a freaking Kenobi, which is a which was a dumb idea to begin with. Um, (laughs) And um, so there's that. And then the second thing, the first thing is that makes The Force Awakens better. The second thing is that the next movie is going to make The Last Jedi better for sure it's going to answer some weird questions that we had um and it's going to clarify some things in the same way that when they so i was reading this really interesting article about the fan response to the empire strikes back when it came out and it was fascinating to, mm-hmm. to hear some people some a lot of people really liked it but a lot of people did not like it at all they mm-hmm. thought it was contrived that vader was luke's dad and a lot of people didn't even believe it they thought oh vader's just a liar and so that's kind of what i thought the first time i watched the last jedi i thought kylo ren was just lying to ray and her parents actually are somebody yeah which could be which uh, could be yeah. but what's what would be the point of that we've already we already have it set up so that ray doesn't need parents to have her own legacy and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the last movie, see how it all ties up and then go back and watch the last Jedi and, and see how it's sort of concepts get fulfilled. 
Yeah, uh, I'm excited, mostly because I trust J.J. Abrams as a, yeah. as a writer. It's going to be great. It's going to um, be a great movie. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, I just, it'll be interesting to see because the Last Jedi basically threw out everything that J.J. Abrams kind of set up. Uh, yeah, it to, threw to, out a lot of it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really, really uh, disappointed that Snoke ended up being sort of a, a throwaway character. Oh, I like awesome. that. I, I mean, it was cool in the way that he died, but it was just like, Okay, so the most powerful uh, force dude ever um, was just that easily killed off. Like it just seemed so. Uh, I, it was I, just a waste of a character. I agree. I'm sorry. He was set up to be to, to have like some pretty interesting backstory. I think possibilities and uh, just be way more interesting. That I mean, nothing mm. happened with him. He just was this stupid little old dude like he was mm. apparently not very smart uh to not even realize that this lightsaber was turned like he can meld minds together and uh and force people to communicate with one another but he can't notice the force interacting with uh lightsaber right next to him it just yeah, it doesn't it was weird so but i i like the the, I think, the, I see that. the the scene i like the shot i like the concept of like oh he's cutting half and then it i loved when it flew back right into her hand and she caught that it. was intense that was awesome yeah and then and the whole fight after that was really cool mm-hmm. it's just as a use of that character like, again i just feel like jj abrams set this film up to be so much better and and, and from the first uh you know the first or I don't know, fifth gag where Luke kind of throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. I think mm-hmm. the director like literally was trying to be like, no, JJ, like this isn't, this isn't what's going to happen. I'm going to reject pretty much all of your ideas and make yeah. this something different, which I'm a bit disappointed with, but I'm very fascinated to see then how JJ handles taking back the reins when it, he, well, he wasn't planning on it. He didn't intend to right. be directing this next movie, a different the, the yeah, Colin Trevorrow. Uh, yeah, who has had some pretty bad failures yes. uh, the past year or two. So they axed him. Definitely uh, so happy he's that not, he's no not longer on. involved. Yeah, agreed. Um, anyway, we could go on and on. We don't We don't need to. It was also a bit long. I didn't actually have a problem with the length. I no, me neither. I thought it was it great. felt very long. Yeah, I thought it felt about right. Um, yeah, me too. I, I came out of that. I was, Whoa, it was longer than i expected and it's just that's great i just more star wars perfect yeah. for me yeah uh anyway all right so, so we're, we're starting to get pretty long on this any other uh what, what else you got going on you got a wedding this weekend uh yeah i'm traveling to california for a brief wedding this weekend and i'll be coming right back uh and hopefully getting some cheesesteaks with you if you're down sure other than that, I did a maternity shoot this past week, which was interesting. I've only done one ever in my life, and this, so this is my second one. And then, out of coincidence, a friend of mine wants uh, a maternity shoot as well. So I'm going to do another one uh-huh. next week. You're going to shoot what you show. Uh, did that inquiry come immediately after you posted a maternity? No. Portrait, mm. <laughs> just coincidence? <laughs> no, just total coincidence. Uh, and awesome. again, I don't... I haven't really, I just like, I'm going to post one or two images and that's it. Uh, it's, it was fun. It's interesting to try to kind of shoot, kind of take on a maternity shoot in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, what about you? Think, I don't think I've ever done one. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've 
I'm just going to work on my Patreon a bit. Got some good good content getting ready to go up and then uh, figure out a couple of workshop locations. I'm going to try and do one in either Austin or uh, San Antonio, maybe middle or end of February. Cool. Um, that's, that's about it. I'm trying to take it easy um, with uh, not having many weddings in the winter, uh, taking yep. advantage of that for once and just, uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Got some new stuff working on the website. I need to put. Have you done a uh, end of review, uh, end of year review post yet? Have you worked nope. on that? Nope, not yet. It's in the works. Do it's you set done. yourself up pretty well uh, to to do that quickly with your Lightroom catalogs at the end of the year, or is it a is it a big pain? Yeah, I tag all of my portfolio worthy images with the yellow color tag, and so I just pop through it. And as soon as I'm I, actually about three or four times a year, I'll grab all of my, all of those yellow images and throw them into their own portfolio catalog that always lives on my computer. Nice. Um, just in case I need it for websites or ads or whatever. So, um, yeah, nice. so that's how I do it. Yeah. That's cool. I do something similar. Yeah. Throughout the year, I've four-star everything that is a potential contender. And then once I'm ready for the actual review post, I five-star everything from those four stars. And cool. the, any of those five stars are my uh, my full-on thing. And I actually don't have, I don't think, oh, yeah, what I do at the end of the year is I make a quick collection, or a, a, not a quick, a temporarily a quick collection, then a final collection within that catalog of my portfolio images. So cool. I don't color them or anything. I just uh, put them in their own little collection. Uh, but it's always nice if you haven't considered this, this is the perfect time to do it as a, as a listener, maybe who hasn't thought of this yet, leave headroom, uh, in everything you do, either with an extra color or two, or what I do is obviously with, with stars. Like I leave headroom for one more star, yep. uh, to, to, at the end of the year, be able to just quickly sort everything. So you're not going through just all your flagged photos or some, something like yeah, that where you're just overwhelmed nightmare. with. 30,000 pictures you have to whittle down to 100, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, for my... So uh, extra insight is that I give one star to all of my images that will work for a blog. Um, so whenever I've got a... Whenever I shoot a wedding, I'll go through... My best images, I'll star with one. And then any portfolio images on top of that, which is usually maybe two... Um, or three, I will throw a yellow tag on. So they'll have a pick, a, they'll have a f- pick flag, a one star, and a yellow by the time that they're ready for a portfolio. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll touch base next week or two weeks from now and go from there. But, uh, cool. All right. May the, may the force be with you. And also <laughs> with you. <laughs> I, I've said it enough. You say it. Mm. May right. the force be with just, you. Just to quote a line directly from a Star yeah. Wars movie. God. All right. Bye now. Mm. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs>